0: picture an acrobat standing on a tightrope Now the tightrope is our dimension and our dimension has rules you can move forwards or backwards but what if right next to our acrobat there is a flea now the flea can also travel back and forth just like the acrobat right right here's where things get really interesting the flea can also travel this way along the side of the rope. He can even go underneath the rope.
1: Upside down. down. Exactly. But we're not the flea, we're the acrobat.
0: In this metaphor, yes, we're the
1: acrobat. So we can't go upside down? No. Well, is there any way for the acrobat to get to the upside down?
0: Well, you'd have to create a massive amount of energy, more than humans are currently capable of creating, mind you, to open up some kind of tear in time and space, and then in a doorway.
1: The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There's nothing to fear except God, whatever that means to you. Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks?
0: Listening to The Fear of God, a podcast exploring the intersection between Christianity and the horror genre.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Fear of God. Uh, With you right now is Nathan Rouse. Usually I come up with some. Asinine reason for co-host Reed Lackey's absence. Uh, I'm not gonna do that today. Reed, here you are. Hi buddy. Here we are. Um, partly just it's a it's a little different episode. We got a lot to get to, and you know, while I believe in the um the power of frivolity, sometimes you just gotta set it aside. So we are starting something new today. Before we get to that, I did just want to recap real quickly. Thank you to everybody's involvement. Everybody's participation who wrote into the survey for hashtag I of the 90s last month. What a great series that was covering Blair Witch, Misery, Jurassic Park, Scream, and seven, five excellent films. I know for me personally, I'd not seen Blair Witch, so that was really cool to get to experience um, and also just to revisit some of those movies. So that, that was a good time, wasn't it, Reed.
0: Oh, I had such a blast. That was so fun. I definitely, I'm already eyeballing like, okay, so do we do 80s next? Do we do, <laughs> do, we do the aughts? Do we. What do I, we it's do? funny,
1: I'd have to look at a list. To know, okay, what would qualify as top eighties? Like, and in my, you know, in the immediate, I don't know that I can conjure. Okay, here are these from the eighties. So it'd be kind of cool to see what that list would look like.
0: And I think, given the subject we're going to dive into today, uh, venturing into the eighties would probably be the the appropriate and logical next step.
1: Well, perhaps hashtag I love the eighties is is in the offing at some point. <laughs> so as you just alluded to, today uh, we begin a brand new series. Um, titled hashtag Stranger Things Giving, which I'm pretty proud of that title. Um, <laughs> we, we've been anticipating this for some time. You know, we considered it last year when season one first aired. Um, but I think for both of us, there was just such a mountain of coverage already happening. Yeah. Um, it felt kind of like, well, you know, let's let's do some different stuff. And, and audience Or listeners won't really know this but you and I actually try to generally not be quote unquote of the moment with some of the things we cover right Um, right. you know the desire is it to be a bit more um, perennial is that the word I'm looking for you know just just the way in which well no just the way in which you could kind of Um, It it doesn't force us or the listeners to keep up with everything that's coming out. That sort of thing. Just, you know, so we
0: don't need to be topical. Right. Right. We we have very specific things that we want to discuss and and we just follow that trail rather than the trail of the times. That said, we are being very topical this
1: month. (laughs) (laughs) So forget all of that. Well, you know, in our defense. So we waited a year to cover Stranger Things season one with season two upon us. It felt kind of like the perfect time. Um and as of this recording, season two, we have not watched it yet. Um, but uh it did release um around Halloween time, so that's gonna be exciting to jump into as well. Um that said this will be a little different formatting-wise than our normal episode, so listener, you know, um know this that this episode will kind of end on a bit of a cliffhanger. Um we kind of went back and forth on whether to shoehorn four episodes at a time into our typical formatting. That felt a little forced. So what we are actually going to do is just have one big conversation about the whole season um, in our general format. That said, in terms of episode structure, this particular episode you're listening to, this podcast episode you're listening to, will end midway through that conversation. So next week... Come back and get to hear the rest, you know, not being 100% certain where this will fall. Perhaps next week we'll fall more into the scares and themes and or just themes. So just know that's kind of what we're getting into here um, and that we're going to split one long conversation over two podcast episodes. So Ree, before we jump too far into uh, the upside down here, um, something we did not do for I Love the 90s just because we were covering the the top 100 90s horror movies lists and each episode was the old what you watching what you're reading what you listening to what listeners don't know right now is that we're in the same room. And uh, that
0: feels even more idiotic and strange uh, when we're sitting across from each other. Oh, um, I can always just look away from the screen, but right, right, you're, right. You're, you're right here. So Right, right, exactly. Problematic. <laughs> Grown men acting like fools. Oh, um,
1: boy. So uh, I had referenced, back uh, before we did I Love the 90s, um, I was talking about needing to and desiring to get back into some reading, and I did that and have completed, um, actually, the book The Never-Ending Story.
0: Oh. Um, How did it end?
1: It didn't, actually, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess I have only myself to blame.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, actually, and, and you and I had previous conversations about this um, off off the podcast, but I wanted to read it. It felt like one of those kind of classic it did release in nineteen seventy nine so i I'm using the term classic literature loosely, but um my affinity as a, a young person for the movie, I felt like, okay, you know this is a, a bit in my wheelhouse in terms of interest, so I'll give this a go interestingly i so I knew nothing about the actual prose, you know what how it differed or didn't from the movie, right All I knew was it the movie was based on a book well. Come to find out, and spoiler alert, if you ever take an interest in reading this book, the book itself, or rather, let me phrase it this way, the movie is literally only the first half of the book. So the reading of it was a little odd. So in that first half, I was like, man, they're covering a lot of ground fast based on my knowledge and memory of the movie. Right, right. And And so then you get to a point where the events of the movie stop and you're literally like at the halfway point. And it, it is kind of interesting to me from that standpoint, because in that way, uh, sort of like we talked about on It, um, you know, adapting the film from the book, there are certain ways you can adapt that that necessitate rejiggering the structure Sure, right, you know, if right. If you're going to do it right, if you're yeah. going to do it in a cohesive, coherent kind of fashion. Sure. And so in that respect, I kind of like that the film version of Never Ending Story, and I didn't see any subsequent... You know features, but um, the film version just adapts that first part and and accomplishes sort of the thematic things that the book is kind of doing anyway. But I was unprepared for the fact that there's a whole second half of the book that, <laughs> that is completely foreign material. It still involves Bastion, Atreyu and Falcor do show up, um, but there's a lot of plot in it. And and I jokingly reached out to you at about the three quarters mark, thinking this title is appropriate this book is not <laughs> ever going to end there's so much happening I'm kind of bored I don't really care anymore all that to say by the end of the 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 book it did kind of reel me back in a little bit in such a way that I was a little more forgiving and and that it's interesting I, I don't mean to follow this rabbit trail too far but just that psychology of adaptations you know right, like right if if I had never seen that film I probably wouldn't have had those feelings mm-hmm. in the reading yeah, but the psychology of knowing what the movie presents conditioned me for certain expectations sure. that limited my ability to appreciate the rest of the book. Anyway, yeah, that, that's a that's a whole other sort of pop culture conversation. But um, so that's 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 what I was reading. All right. I had now I think you told me you've read that before years ago. Yeah, perhaps? it
0: has been so long. I read it in in grade school, I believe. So it was something that like I, I would need to go back and actively revisit it. I did know that. I, I didn't know that it was at the halfway mark, but I did know that it extended beyond the movie's material. Sure. Um, but, yeah, and I would have to revisit it to properly assess it because it was probably seventh, eighth grade when I read it. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting. One final little button on your thing. I really think there's something to which medium gets to you first. Yeah, true. So, like, yeah, if you see sure. the film, uh, then you go back and read <clears throat> the book. It, it's It's... It's not necessarily going to guarantee that you're, you're going to enjoy the book more because right, you, right. En- you enjoyed that. You had that connection with that movie. If you get the book first, then obviously that's... And I think that's why a lot of people say, well, the book was better is because most people, I think, encounter sure, the book first. Sure. Now, that may be a little different now with how rapid... And how ignorant we are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are relatively ignorant. But how rapidly things get adapted into sure. film... Maybe that's not quite the paradigm anymore. Now, well, what
1: was interesting, and I don't know if you recall any of this, but what's interesting and unexpected about the book, and, and why my feelings on that second half were real muddy in the reading of it, is you, in that second half, there's a pretty dramatic narrative pivot where you actively dislike Bastion. Mm. Like, he is a dislikable character interesting. in I the second half for yeah. a bulk of it. Okay. He enters the story I he did remember the that. Book. Yeah. He becomes this kind of powerful character and abuse, oh, abuses and right. wields his power right. in ways right. that you're like, oh my gosh, this is not at all what I was expecting this story to take. Sure. So, right. so that created this interesting, in, in, again, in that movie versus book conversation. And if you've only ever seen the movie, you, that's a very big surprise and very sure. big kind of shift
0: yeah. in terms yeah. of
1: your affection and understanding of the themes of that. Book and movie. This anyway. is the
0: sequel that we never asked for. Right, right, right. What's right. going on? Someone, please end the story. <laughs> <laughs> end it. <laughs> yeah. And then that's the punishment. No, it never right,
1: ends. Right. For the sake of us all. <laughs> um,
0: Say
1: my name.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's cool. I uh, I don't know if that's uh, an endorsement for me to go back and revisit it, but uh, you know, well, but but I would certainly be interested to for for any reason, just because I'm so affectionate for that film. Uh, speaking of affection for the film. So uh, my recently, this was a while ago now. It's about a month ago. Uh, my birthday was on October first, and on my birthday weekend, what I did was I decided to, as I'm prone to do, I have Legos that I collect, yeah, and I decided to put together one of those Lego sets. And if they usually are associated with a film or television property, I will watch the property while I'm putting together the Lego set. Sure. So I did a double feature of ghostbusters 1984 and ghostbusters 2 and then n- built ecto-1 nice. the lego ecto-1 nice. so uh that was uh, a delightful experience it yeah. was really fun revisiting those two uh it was really f- i mean i just you and i had talked before about how fond we are of the act of putting together legos because sure. p- particularly i mean you're just you're just revealing the whole art- habits here
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) don't tell the people that i like to put together lego sets oh my god i'm an
0: adult but no what's so great about it is that you know uh, we we talked about how the fact now this is a bit ironic because i'm about to praise the fact that there's no screen in the activity while i'm watching ghostbusters and ghostbusters 2 but it's different it's like i'm not just locked onto a phone it's tactile I'm i'm actually engaged with something that is um uh, composite. I'm building things together. It's 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 a really cathartic and uh, rewarding, uh, very sort of rhythmic and peaceful, tranquil experience getting to put together Legos. Um, and so it was something that it was just I I usually love to do that. I've done that for the Simpsons house, the main Simpsons house. Uh, I have the Back to the Future DeLorean. I have. It's not Lego proper; it's the offshoot Creo. But I have the Starship Enterprise that I built together. It's a a really fun, rewarding experience. So, so so we're
1: going to change the segment to what you watch and read and listening to master building. Is
0: that yes, master building? Yes, exactly. That's not the word that I thought you were about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was trying to be
1: specific to the Lego (laughs) property, and somehow walked into an unfortunate. Double entendre.
0: <laughs> I don't know that that's getting no, cut that out. that has
1: that's, to stay. That's great. Um, oh. Well, to substantiate what you're saying, there's been some literature I, I have consumed, even though it hasn't been in a complete book form lately. Um, but my wife and I talked about it this summer with our family beach trip about the nature of play. Oh, and yeah. And how, yeah. you know... At all stages. So the book we were reading was about children and their need for um, unstructured play. You oh, know, specifically, yeah. it was about outdoor unstructured play, um, you know, and, and, and the, the value to, the, to that developmentally. And I, I feel like Lego hits that spot, too, which is why sometimes I don't love how saturated that property has become with pre-conceived sets and stuff. Although I like them, like you, I like, I mean, I. Uh, someone in my home has a Millennium Falcon. I don't, I, I won't really claim that maybe, but really? It's, really? it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, is so. That, is that Junie, right? Right, You're right. Youngest. Yes, the, nine, yeah. the nine-month-old, yes. Um, <laughs> but the notion of just sort of the, the benefit kind of to your own inner self, you know, mm. to like, there's there's no screens, there's no digital Life happening, it is simply dialing in on an activity on play. Right. Know, and and right. how nourishing and enriching that is. So I will affirm your your toy. <laughs> your toy obsession and your master building. Um so moving right along from that, that has been another episode of
0: What's watching,
1: What you're watching.
0: What's you reading? Reading. What you listening to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep there you go welcome back everybody <laughs> hashtag I of the 90s is over and that was our episode I know we joked about Stranger Things but that was just a joke that's the end of our episode have a good day no um wow. so moving right along read so Stranger Nathan. Things season 1 I was trying to rack my brain to remember like this was one of those properties that hit Netflix that kind of bubbled in the in the popular consciousness for a couple of weeks maybe even a little longer before I was like, okay, it's time to figure out what this is all about hmm. In other words, I wasn't I didn't follow it pre-production I didn't know anything about it, it hit Netflix I don't even remember if I'd seen any trailers. I didn't actively look into it until all of a sudden everyone's talking about Stranger Things. Right, right. Um, And even then I didn't know much about the plotting, just sort of the general vibe. Um, And so uh, both my wife and I watched it and and thoroughly, this is a year ago now, thoroughly enjoyed it. Did, Did... Was that a similar sort of story for you, or did you know about it beforehand in any measure?
0: I didn't know about it before pre-production, so all of a sudden it hits Netflix. And the moment it—now, I don't know exactly where this time frame lined up for you and and your wife, but for us, like pretty much the weekend it hit Netflix—I can't remember exactly what date that was, but about the time it did, my wife and I were both like, huh, this is something that's probably in our alley. Let's check it out. Let's see. So it was kind of pre-obsessive buzz— But not following it through pre production and stuff like that. So um, it was, but it was pretty on the dot when it released. We were like, oh, let's check it out. And uh, this would probably be the first button on my likes, dislikes. But I knew inside of the first 10 minutes of the first episode, I love this show. Like, it it really was kind of love at first sight in terms of, okay, this is. As long as they don't go in a, some dramatically bizarre different direction, if the show, if the show is these ten minutes, then yes, I'm on board. This is great. Uh, this is what I've been sort of missing and looking forward to. Uh, you know, as the creatives who grew up in the '80s, as we did, are now coming of age and making new products. This is the kind of thing that I would get excited about. That that doing and i'm sure we'll get into more of those specifics but yeah that was a very similar experience where we just as soon as it hit we knew it might be something we were interested in we checked it out and of course we loved it
1: well and and for listeners keeping score at home how we're generally going to structure this we will do some trivial bits here at the front we'll do some overall bullet points kind of the whole series kind of likes dislikes as far as that goes and then we'll sort of uh drill down a little bit and get more um microscoped per episode as we go and then round everything off with themes at the end. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting. You and I had a conversation actually on the podcast. I don't remember what episode it was a while back in making reference to Stranger Things. And this is validating sort of what you're saying, how the danger with a lot of these retrospective media properties, you know, I'm thinking of even just looking at the trailer for like Ready Player One. Oh, you know, right, these, right. You can, and again, I, I haven't seen Ready Player One. I don't even think it's out yet, but I haven't read that book. So so this is purely just observation. It's not actually knowing about that story. But there's this way in which I feel like there's a danger these days of getting overly romanticized about a certain generation and and just sort of fan servicing, sure. hitting your nostalgia sure. buttons. Right. You know, it's right. like, oh, I remember mm-hmm. that thing, you know, and, and
0: whereas there's no real substance to the material. Sure. Underneath it. Which is actually, maybe this is where you were going, It I'm not in this camp, but that's one of the criticisms against Stranger Things, is that if not for the winks, nods, and call-outs that it had, there would not be much to it beyond that. I disagree with that, but I've heard that complaint frequently, where they say there's, there's so much nostalgia in it, and there's right. so much evoking of other property sure that how much of it is actually there and again we'll, we'll be able to get into well, that and I some, think, a little bit yes i was following that rabbit
1: trail in the sin- landing at the opposite way which is to simply say i think they do it well yeah. yes okay. i th- i wouldn't dismiss that criticism like i wouldn't say sure. you're wrong that's ridiculous yeah i think because, it's valid because they yeah. do mine that as, as a lot you know i mean oh it, yes, yeah. it's everywhere it, mm-hmm. um that said, I think, and I don't know if if what your wife's experience is of all the touch points of those, what they're referencing to, but my wife doesn't have a ton of pop culture kind of knowledge and background, and oh, okay. so, so to her, she's just watching a kind of fantasy, kids, 80s sort of thing, right. and she loved it, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know, I can see both sides. Like, for, sure. For me personally... It is clearly a love letter to it. Oh, yes. But I also think there's a really strong story mm-hmm. with some decent substance to it there. Oh, I you know And I, I think totally that's agree. what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like you're just offering up the, you know, volleying up these real easy gimme sort of nostalgia touch points without right. also doing something well.
0: Yeah, I um, agree. I think
1: they really do a lot well. Though it is funny. I can't remember... Where my watching Stranger Things synced up with our John Carpenter series, but it It would have been comparable. Yeah, I I don't know. There's there's similarly uh, timeline. I just don't know which actually came first, but I remember having had conversations about and or having already watched the thing. And then you see the thing poster. Sure, right, their, right, right, right. And they have basement. that clip
0: from it in one of the episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Where
1: Mr. Clark, yes, is, is watching is it. Is watching and it it's exactly. Like the, the bubble gum and the glue or something. Right, I don't right. What it was well, uh, as way of just sort of um, wading into the shallows here to, to, to deeper conversation. What what kind of trivial bits did you find um, relative well, to the actual
0: show? So it's it's a little challenging, to be honest with you, because this is, as we've alluded to already, it's an endless well sure. of winks, nods, references, character names, uh, shots, posters in the background. I mean, we're talking about eight episodes where nearly every other frame of each episode has some sort of call out to a pop culture Stigma, or right. you know, uh, staple of sure. the '80s. Um, so I actually I don't want to start getting into a whole bunch. I'll just encourage listeners, like, yes. Dissect. Annotate it. I'm sure there's an yes.
1: annotated version out there. Yeah, uh,
0: dissect any given episode, <clears throat> and you're going to see what I'll what I'll summarize it all with is it's saturated with Stephen King, it's saturated with Steven Spielberg, it's saturated with John Carpenter. Like sure. those those three creative voices make up the bulk of most of the referential material. You know what's funny about you saying that is what is it episode six or seven.
1: Someone said, oh, it's, it's when, uh, this is dialing in a little heavy, but then we can pull right back out. But when Joyce and Hopper go to uh, Eleven's mom's house, and oh, the sister yeah. says, you ever read Stephen King? Yeah. That was a moment that almost felt too much for me. Sure, I'm, right, like, right. I was like, okay, yeah. now, you're, now you're being really on the nose yeah. here. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, and
0: the guard who, uh, who Hopper, like, knocks out, uh-huh. again, like, you know, not getting too sure. much in the weeds right now, but when Hopper knocks him out, I think he's reading Cujo. If I remember But see, that correctly. doesn't
1: bother me as much as... I, I don't know. Uh, as yeah, that, is is that specific yeah, thing. Yeah.
0: I get it. I get it. Um, but there's even like... Not only... So, uh, so you could summarize the winks, nods, call outs. And here's what I will say. So, so like you referenced that your wife didn't have a lot of touch points. So my wife obviously didn't have the Stephen King ones. Because sure. she didn't grow up reading Stephen King. Uh, she didn't have... I don't think many of the John Carpenter callouts, but she had all the Spielbergs. Sure. So every call out to E.T., every call out to Close Encounters, every call out to Poltergeist, like those, she she caught all of those. Um, but yeah, you could take the the work, the collective work of those three creatives: Stephen King in the '80s, John Carpenter in the '80s, uh, Steven Spielberg in the '80s, and broader than that, '80s sci-fi and horror in general. Like like Hopper. Hopper's name is a directly that's Schwarzenegger's character's name in Predator so literally, yeah so, so so even little but what's touches funny about you like saying that, that is,
1: rewatching it for the podcast i wondered i didn't do any digging i was like dennis hopper he was big in the 80s oh, like i right, wonder right, yeah, right. Was that a reference to him? all that yeah, yeah
0: interesting all I, I think virtually every character name uh or character appearance is a referential call out to something else like I, like we said you could <clears> annotate <throat> it so there's not there's not really i think well here's works. a question for you and
1: and you know clearly these are this is going to be a different set of episodes for us than normal so we'll kind of we'll kind of run with where the spirit takes us but it's funny having this conversation in this moment this is a real time thought like i will often see movie trailers for transformers 15 and jason and freddy 30 and whatever you know i'm exaggerating right. but and and get mad like Come on, you know, what is so difficult about, and and yes, this is a simplistic question with a non-simplistic answer, I understand that, but it just feels so rare to have new original creative properties. Sure, right. And so I am, in the moment, sort of feeling this kind of, maybe I sympathize with those who would criticize Stranger Things, like, you know... Do you, like, in, in your assessment of something like A Stranger Things, do you feel like it's this happy marriage of these two ideas, these two notions that lets fan service some, but while at the same time having uh, relatively original property in the sense of, you know, a lot of the things they the story physically does, you can find in other sort of science fiction and that sort of thing, but they do kind of meld it rather well in a lot of different ways, but... Is that? I don't know if this is all making sense, but it
0: does. What I'm what I'm hearing is we're we're looking at the difference between something like homage, sure. and something like plagiarism, right? Right. So right. so we're looking at that. Th- that I think is the is the bulk of the argument, right? Uh, I wish I could remember who this is attributed to, but it's a quote that I reference often, so I should look it up so I know who attributed to. Um, it might be Mark Twain. Sounds like Mark Twain and feels like Mark Twain, but It walks like a duck. (laughs) But the quote is, um, all good writers borrow, all great writers steal. Sure. And again, I forget who said it. Like I said, it kind of feels like Mark Twain. But um, the idea that like, hey, everybody is, every creative is a product of the things that have inspired them. Sure. So the argument from Ecclesiastes about nothing new under the sun holds a lot of water. Like th- these, I wonder where
1: he stole that from. I
0: know, right? <laughs> from Jesus. So <laughs> your timing's off. Right, right, right. Um, but the the idea of like these things to a fashion have been done sure. before. And I, man, this is getting a little bit on a side trail, but I'm going to follow right. it for a second. The the I had a conversation at uh, at a, a convention where i was a, a panelist the alpha omega con this past year where i said we must be careful that just because something got there first doesn't necessarily mean that it inspired it so we can give it credit for like for instance we talked about with blair witch project uh-huh. a film called cannibal holocaust got to the found footage idea first but it didn't spawn a subgenre sure it, it got there first and deserves its credit for getting there first and for having the idea first. But for whatever reason, because of its content, because of its influence, whatever, it didn't spawn the subgenre. Blair Witch Project, timing, execution, sure, sure. impact, it spawned the subgenre. Right. So I think <clears throat> when we're looking at... So, so we're having two conversations here, and I'll sort of uh, extrapolate this for a second and then put a little bow on it. That when you're looking at ideas like what got there first... We're talking about original content, like what what got there first, and then what influenced all of these other things. Sure. People were doing the things that Stephen King has been doing. They've been doing that for centuries now, the types of stories he writes. But he, uh, and and this is something that I say, and I would encourage any other creative out there, where somebody will have an idea, and they'll say, like, but they've already done it. Right, This other person's already done it. What I say unanimously to those people is, yeah, but you... They're not you. Sure, you sure, haven't done sure, it. Sure. If Stephen King were to say, "Like, well, lots of people are writing horror, well, we wouldn't have any Stephen King. Right. you know. And he is a very specific voice. His particular sensibilities. John Carpenter, same thing. Well, people are already making horror movies, but he has a particular sensibility. Spielberg, too. It's not as if they burst forth. And, and I think there's a lot of pressure on people to be original. Right. And I want to remove that. I don't care very much about originality as long as you, the creative are being true and honest to the voice and to the things that inspire yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Now, there are probably some people who could kick back against that and say, like, well, yeah, uh, some of the worst filmmakers in history are simply just being true to themselves. Like, well, yeah, there's, there's sure, talent sure. plays a, yeah, a role, I mean, you know. But I think there's a, a drive to be like, hey, we're going to be original and we're going to be different. And I... I'm not totally convinced that that is as necessary as being true or being honest. And if you're, I I, I can, I can totally buy that. And it's
1: funny. I was going to look up, but uh, you know, I'll I'll look it up later and maybe throw it on the Facebook page. But a book I did read this summer was called uh, real artists. Don't starve. And, and one of his whole, the, the author one of one of the main points he talks about is exactly what you're referring to, which is in don't be so quick to say, "I have to be original or this or the other like we are all the product of our influences, sure and and not being afraid to channel those influences sure and i and I think you make a really strong case and point for it is i think from a creative standpoint, it's not about mute the influences, right It's about let let the tension live, you know, mm-hmm. of, okay, uh, I have a story that is influenced by certain factors and facets sure. and voices. Right. But I'm going to let my story be my story and acknowledge these influences. Versus the clear, in most cases, like what I would rail against and complain about and picking on the Transformers sort of thing here since I already re- invoked it. But it's like... You aren't even trying. You're, you're mm-hmm. not even honoring the tension. You're just saying, "Let's redo the thing."
0: Yeah, you know, right,
1: right, right. And, and it's—I don't know—that feels old and tired. And mm-hmm. you know what you're describing, and I think what this author—I'll look him up later—in this book, real artists don't starve—would say is, "No, there's always good stories to tell, and they will clearly be influenced by other stories." Right. Um, and so, so you no, know, I can totally, I can totally get behind that.
0: And to your point about getting back to the franchise thing, like. I, I think it just. It, I think it just depends on how strong the substance of the franchise is. Sure. I, being a horror lover for you know most of my life, have definitely rolled my eyes at some of the franchises that just won't die. Right. That having been said, they find a way next year to do a new Freddy Krueger movie, like, I'll be in the theater. Like, right, we, ta- we talked right. about, uh, during Hashtag I Love the 90s, we talked about this new Halloween film right. that's coming up that Carpenter is just producing, but I'm like, I, I will go. Right, <laughs> sure, <laughs> I-, sure. I-, I love that character. I love that world. So I will go back to it. And, and <clears throat> I think that's part of why you get your... Fast and the Furious franchises, you know, which right. maybe somebody with our sensibilities might might tease a bit just because we're not into that property. Sure. But I do understand why people keep revisiting that well, because it, it does something, it connects to something that they find either inspirational or fun or cathartic or whatever it is. And because right. it taps into that, yeah, they keep revisiting that. And I think the challenge is for any creative, the challenge is to make sure that you are not merely Putting it on a, on a machine and carbon copying it, right, right, and right, right, not right. just merely running it through and like, well, now now I've made a carbon copy. Now let me just color it blue. Sure. And Stranger Things doesn't at all do that. Like if somebody were to say, like, no, they just you know retread the plot wheel and spit it back out. I I will argue against that. Sure, sure. If somebody were to to make a case and many did. That it is so saturated in nostalgia that it doesn't have much there, I will hear them out and will likely agree with most of the things that they have to say. right. But if somebody were to say were to say that they're merely copying other things other people did, I think there's much more to stranger things than that. Sure. I sure. think that they have taken the influence of those other sources and then told their own story and blended them together and i I love it. Right, I mean it's right, it's right. essentially like this. New stew that we get. Right. Vegetables have been around forever. You know, that type of broth has been around forever. You know, the cooking methodology has all been around there together. But they've added this spice. They've done their own thing to it. Sure. And it's delicious. And that's. Just throw waffles in it. I'm hungry now. (laughs) They they threw waffles in it. That's
1: exactly Um, it. I am curious. So so we will sort of officially open our chapter here. Uh, Stranger Things leans heavily on chapter. So we'll we'll open the uh, chapter here of just kind of overall feelings about the series. These will be broad, you know, um, uh, technically sort of a like-dislike type of feel to it, but just sort of broad bullets and notes. Um, I'm curious from you, I'm saying all that, did you have other trivial bits that we should address? I'm sorry.
0: No, 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 don't feel bad. The only last one that I'll mention is just I love that, so, it starts with a Demogorgon. That is an actual character from Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Uh, the first edition of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, which I played heavily in high school, but the first edition of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, the Demogorgon was, like, the big boss. That right, was the right, big right, bad. Right. Um, so, that's another reason why, calling back to what I said earlier about, like, falling in love immediately with the series sure. is just, like, oh, man, I... They've got the Demogorgon, like right, right out right, there, de- right. and then they're going to connect it to something that's actually happening. And I'm like, sure. so, so, um, my, my mind was just explosive at that point. I was, I was ten years old again, and I was very, very happy. So You were and, ten years old in high school. I'm very smart, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, but sincerely, like, I just, I love that authenticity. And, and like I said before, I don't want us to. We would spend three hours. Do you know, is
1: the Thessal Hydra. Uh- I, my guess is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember one yeah, I don't yeah, remember
0: yeah. where it ranks In the, the, sure. the baddies I'm sure some of
1: our listeners um, l- Listen to you Clayton Davis Getting two call outs in, in a month <laughs> Around Stranger Things 1 I remember he And another friend of mine On Facebook Going back and forth About the Ins and outs And, um, and nitpicking The Dungeons and Dragons References that's Like excellent. wow yeah, that's Wow pretty that's, fun. Pretty awesome.
0: that's pretty awesome um, Yeah my final little note yeah, yeah. On Trivial Bits Is just Yes Yes we would have a four-and-a-half-hour conversation calling out all of the ones that are relevant and fun. That's why we're actively bypassing it is because, yeah, you could annotate every episode and go right, in. It. Right. Yeah, it's fun. Dive into it because this it's fun. Is,
1: this is a fun, trivial bit, even though I just tried to crack the book on a whole other section. But have you read the sort of backstory about... Them talking Millie Bobby Brown into cutting her hair. Do you know this? Story?
0: Uh, no, I just know that like her dad was kind of traumatized, and they put it up on YouTube because he was so sad that she was cutting her hair. Well, or but I don't know. I don't know that story.
1: For. But she she was very reluctant initially. Oh, really? And they showed her. Uh, Charlize Theron in Mad Max: Fury Road,
0: Ah!
1: and that was (laughs) kind of the turning point. That's
0: great. Which is great because that movie's
1: so fantastic, and she's great. That movie is wonderful. Um, So yes, okay. So now um, uh, moving into kind of broad, sort of likes dislikes. Um, uh, You know, I am not I wasn't necessarily this person until I read a lot of or a, a decent amount of the criticism of it. Um, what I have right here is the Barb problem um, oh okay you know and, and it's interesting I don't know if you I presume you know in, in the reading or, or hashtag justice
0: reading, for Barb sure yeah no.
1: like a lot of people glommed onto that character really quickly and were very disappointed with how season one addressed or in some ways didn't address her fate and that sort of thing so so we'll unpack that a little bit but on a, on a broader context here I do think this is one of those few, really specific drawbacks to the release at all at once model.
0: Mm.
1: You know, think about your more broadcast style shows or more actually serialized serialized style shows, and you just watch Game of Thrones, and this is a perfect example. So, Game of Thrones, the show itself can learn from itself. Oh, right, right. You know, like Game of Thrones got serious and not, not unmerited heat for its treatment of women and in, in especially kind of the middle sections of that series to the point that now that you're caught up and spoiler alert it, it's almost an about face about on that specific point you yeah. know um, so the show itself can learn from right it, it can course correct based on because and you and I think uh, this would be clear we're not always like oh the audience is always right I, I don't necessarily believe that sure I do think there are points where the audience can be right, mm-hmm. and and this is one of those moments where, because of the compact nature, it's eight episodes, which historically is not a lot, right? And you're releasing it all at once, which means you're committed. It's all, all the narrative is there that's going right. to be there, right? Right? And right. so we have to live with what's there, and people's, uh, and and so 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 a sort of question is, like for me, I'm, I'd have to really read a lot of notes on what that criticism actually is after I, personally what I get from it it's this was a real opportunity for a character that's a little unconventional mm-hmm. and, and you could right. really used her more um, the ambiguity of you know having just watched it again I paid more attention to that plot point right right the ambiguity of kind of her fate yeah yeah um, because she sure seems dead, right? But then, uh, but is she? Yeah. The the fact, and and this is true, and I would say this is a legitimate criticism: the fact that Nancy seems like the only person who is really concerned about
0: about Barb. Barb. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They and, give lip service to her <clears> mother, but then that's it.
1: It's just it, Well, gone. and uh, <laughs> I guess I guess the uh, embargo is lifted here. Uh, never let me take a, a miss an opportunity to to wag the finger at Zack Snyder here. It feels like the feeling I had when Batman versus Superman came out of as much as I don't like the thing, the events of man of steel, there are, th- believe it or not, listener and read, there are things I like about Man of steel. They are far buried under the rubble of the things I don't like in Metropolis itself, but how Batman vs Superman starts with this kind of acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. Of the
0: rubble. Right. And it's impact
1: in a way that feels like, Oh, now you're just covering your tracks. Like, oh, now you're just sort of retconning compassion.
0: Oh, I see. So where I'm right. going with
1: this is, you know, Stranger Things 2, Hype Machine, and by the time this airs, the the actual season will have released, is in full effect right now. You know, mm-hmm. Entertainment Weekly's doing this massive PR blitz on it. And they are talking about Barb a lot and uh, how it's yeah. going to get addressed. And, and hear me, like, it may all work and it may all tie together. It may be great it feels like that. It feels like there was a little bit of legitimate criticism that can be leveled against season one with how you treated this character. And now you're sure. kind of making amends for that, which cool. Well, yeah. Good. Um, but I do, but it is interesting. Like, and, and this is a question I would have for you is as you assess season one with, and, and, and maybe you paid attention to that too. I don't know, but I like that. She's an unconventional character. The, the ambiguity of her death is to me, the big sticking point. It's like, okay, Yes, yes, it's troublesome that only Nancy is concerned, but like either killer or don't because you've made the whole you've the 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 architecture of season one of Stranger Things is the search for Will Byers. Right. Right. Period. That's the story. Right. 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 Which is okay, Mm -hmm. But what that means is you can't you can't dangle a mystery that you don't mean to be a mystery.
0: Right. Does that make sense? It does, but here's what I would say back to So, so a couple of quick successive thoughts. Yeah. Um, before I forget it, slight pushback to your reference of Game of Thrones. I, by the time a season of Game of Thrones airs, it's done. So, yes, it releases sure, weekly, sure. but it's filmed, sure. it's locked. Right. Like, the only recovery that they might be able to do is some post production stuff to the last two or three episodes. Sure. But. By the time a season begins to air, it is completed. Well, and to jump in on that, what actually was probably
1: a better example and, and more in line with our spirits and hearts is Lost. Oh, um, right. Lost, right. um, pa- Nikki and Paolo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Season okay. three. By the season time, three. like, in Lindelof, you can read these interviews, talks about how by the time the audience was complaining about Nikki and Paolo, creatively, they already knew. Yeah. And, and you get that episode expose. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't yeah. know if you remember this, I loved this. They hyped as, if you love Nicki and Paolo, you'll love this episode. If you hate them, you'll love this episode. Yes, yes. Um, but the point being, they course corrected based on what they understood of the example. creative yeah. sort of, we knew it wasn't working. we got to do something yes. about it.
0: Yeah, so, anyway. and that and, and that does, I wouldn't kick back to get, against that at all. I do think that. The network model sure. definitely right. does that. Because the network model is usually only two or three episodes ahead. Versus right. like right. a premium right. network is going to do their whole season at a time and drop it. Game of Thrones has had time to correct. Right. Um, Stranger Things hasn't. Yeah, they've had like seven years. And I would say like, so the other Netflix show that gets a lot of criticism that they might be doing differently for season two is uh, 13 Reasons Why. So things like that. I think Netflix takes their criticism or the feedback seriously because they want their properties to continue to grow and they want them to, they're, they're now moving more into a model where like they're canceling shows that aren't received well. They're, they're course correcting shows that are popular that they think there's some opportunity to do something different for me watching season one. And even going back into it this time around, I would agree wholeheartedly. Like, yeah, Nancy's the only one concerned for Barb, but what I would genuine what I would genuinely say though is what you alluded to earlier like Will Byers is the story. So I so I sure. get it. Sure. I do get it. I don't I could easily hear had they gone the other direction and spent a lot of time on the aftermath of Barb's missing, then I feel like you're trying to tell two stories. Correct. Because no, I agree with that. because you're you've got 8 episodes, they're 50 minutes each, 50 to 55 minutes each. So that Will Byers is your story. Right. And yes, Barb being you know, captured in the upside down, and in my viewing, first time and on this rewatch, she appeared dead. Like she, it seemed to me that she's dead.
1: But yes, but the fact that there can be a, a, a bit of a, a an uptick in your voice there at the end, in, indicating
0: a question mark, is still sure. problematic. But it's because of this meta stuff that's happened after it. I presumed she was dead. Season one. Well, but Period. Don't you think? And again, I don't want us to get too
1: lost in this particular thread of. Strain, thread, or strain. <laughs> strain, or thread. Jeez, oh, um, I'm on. I'm on uh, uh, California time right now, and I'm usually on uh, North Carolina time. Um, I think that if because her her abduction to the upside down in episode three two is so good, mm. like I don't want to see a, a, a murderous scene of that character, but I, right. I need to know. Like, yeah. am I am I holding out? For this, Hope for it. And yeah. so and I think that's sort of where they went a little, if you could say wrong, that, yeah. that might've been where it happened. Yeah. I just, I need to know decisively because this character is still concerned, mm-hmm. which means am I supposed to still be concerned? So it sure. just kind of creates this weird kind of feedback loop.
0: Yeah. My, my of ex- expectation. Sure. And my experience of season one was basically she's, dis- her body's discovered. She's dead, which immediately triples the threat against Will Byers. Because Barb was older, yes, she's uh, except she, her body's does not discover until eight. Her her body is it not discovered till eight? No. I thought it was discovered earlier. Mm-mm. It's only when it's, oh, but but it's still the same point that like the fact that I didn't reference when when it happened. Sure. Like the fact when you find her body, then it's like you're already aware. Hey, Will is off in this other thing, right? And we were aware like Barb got taken, and the presumption is. Trouble. The, right, the presumption right, right, is, the, right. you know, potentially fatal trouble. But when you find her body, yeah, it, it, even coming so late into the series, then it's like, well, now the full search for Will Byers is underway. And at the end of episode eight, or not at the end of episode eight, at the end of episode seven is when the thing, the monster breaks in and finally gets Will. 'Cause we don't realize right, until right, toward right. you know, towards the end that Will has successfully evaded him right. all this time. When he finally gets Will and then realizing, oh, the situation might be fatal right. is what you're referring to, and maybe this is a different conversation, is what you're referring to the fact that she's missing and they don't talk about it throughout the run of the show. Not just that like the only person who's concerned for her passing and grievous of that is Nancy. Well, I think think part
1: of it is just there's unintended dramatic irony and by that I mean it's okay for me as an audience member to know something that the characters don't know. Oh, sure. When I'm in the dark it means you... It ostensibly means you've chosen to keep me in the dark and I don't think they meant for that to happen. okay. Uh, Yeah, I I can see that. And so, to me, even the point of are the stakes raised against Will when you know she's dead? Well, you don't know she's dead until... Mm -hmm episode eight and and then five minutes later they find will anyway i I don't want us to get totally uh, sidetracked on that but i do think it's an
0: interesting conversation yeah sure just one little button uh by the time listeners hear this episode they'll probably know (laughs) right right, right, right. (laughs) and you know this is you know we if we didn't specifically call it out we're talking about season one before we've seen season two so maybe well i think you're meant to think she's dead yeah i do yeah um i just don't think it's decisive enough Sure, and its presentation. Yeah, um, that makes
1: sense. Purely from a creative standpoint, but um, this sounds like I'm I'm coming guns blazing against the series. I'm, I'm really not. These are just some sticking points I had. So uh, one other, because I've got two really excellent positives, but one other slight, slight, if you will, is it all it bothered me the first time I watched season one, and clearly from the promotional material for season two, they are raising the monster level. Uh, in terms of stakes. And they do do something interesting in the latter part of episode eight of season one, when Hopper and Joyce are in the upside down to allude to this, but it always bothered me that there was just one creature. Like, Oh, sure. I fully, an- the fir- I remember this. I fully anticipated in the first watching of season one, that when Joyce and Hopper are over there in, se- in episode eight, that you would, that they would encounter like a swarm or something. Sure. Like I was just, I was kind of ready for that. I was like, certainly, because logically Mm. it sort of begs the question, this, it, or rather it doesn't make sense to me why there's only, why there would be only one.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: So I don't know that uh, that was a case where I sort of personally had to set aside my willing suspension of disbelief. Like, sure. Like it is what it is. This is the story you're giving me. That's cool. But I don't buy right now. That there's and it doesn't make sense to me that there would
0: only be one creature. So let me let me kick back against that just for an sure. inch. Um It's what you do. That's right. Jaws. There's only one shark, and the ocean's big. Now I'm I'm not being too dismissive. What of audience members don't know is I just made I rolled my eyes at Reed when <laughs> said that, so
1: that's why you <laughs> but, reacted
0: but, so but, strongly. But, but no, it's this this is the point that I'm trying to make. Your criticism is valid, but there's also an assumption behind your criticism that, A, there are swarms of this type of creature at all. Maybe it's an anomaly. B, that upside down by its nature is teeming with monsters, which, yes, the show sort of leads you in that direction. But if you perceive a a, a naturalistic horror film like Jaws, where sharks are aplenty, but the problem in Jaws is, but there's one big mother that we right. have got a bad problem sure. with. And it would be almost silly for the trio of people that go out into the ocean to hunt the big mother to encounter suddenly cycles of them, even though we know in the ocean there are sharks aplenty. So they it, need a bigger boat. They need a bigger so, boat, yeah. So so I guess, again, I, I'm not utterly dismissing your criticism because I do think that's that's natural to make assumption that Yes, there are more than one, or maybe... But I'm just like... But, you know, the show doesn't really address it. The show right. doesn't really but say what that is. To kick back
1: against your kickback... And this is fun. <laughs> this is why this episode is going to be two episodes. Uh, why this conversation is going to be two episodes. You've addressed... You've you've answered that question. I understand the rules of the ocean oh, sure. and sharks. Mm-hmm. I can sort of buy in. There's just this one big-ass shark that's after right. these people. <laughs> right, like right. I, can, I can go with that. Yeah. In Stranger Things, one... The title alludes to plural, which that's a, that's a very incidental kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but also I, 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 as a viewer need to be led to what the rules of this world are. Sure. And, yeah. and while I can sort of use context clues to develop some of my understanding of it, there's still a lot at play that, that is a new paradigm Right to kind of ascertain in a way that the ocean and a shark aren't. So, for instance, you know, um, you've you've you Stranger Things has implemented the imagery of this um, uh, worm-like thing attached to people's mouths like that produces so, yeah the umbilicus kind of idea. That does or doesn't implant worm-like things that are then coughed up. Which is a call-out to alien. Sure. Which, <laughs> yeah. and, and what I alluded to a minute ago is when Hopper and Joyce are walking through, they'd see an egg. Sure. Like, right, which, right. again, call-out to alien. My point mm-hmm. is, there's a lot visually that's happening mm-hmm. that would sort of indicate something more populous. Sure. Than a lone entity right. operating. Right. And Joyce and Hopper cover enough real estate in episode eight, like literally, are mm. walking through enough that it just didn't make a ton of sense to me. Again, I can go with it. It was fun. I loved mm-hmm. it. But it didn't make a ton of sense that that we aren't given some some means to think, okay, this this is more than just a lone sort of operator in sure. this world. Sure. Because we're assuming certain things based on what we'll call the demogorgon in the show. It's got the the mouth it uses to eat people or not eat people or yeah. attach them to the sure. umbilicus. Not quite like sure. there's just a right, lot of right. there's a lot of rules we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm cool with trusting creators with their rules. Sure, but I need a little bit to sort of think for, for me to not have a question mark like why 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 aren't there more things you know right, like sure, I don't know if that sure. makes sense again
0: yeah yeah it's and I think you I think it really does again like the stuff we said about the nostalgia criticisms it's it's a criticism I find valid but that I would kick against sure, you know so sure. so it is it's like what As you're, you just did exactly <laughs> so but like what we what you're articulating is is completely understandable. Um, right. Did it Did it bother me? No, not really. You know, like to me, the the Hawkins is kind of a microcosmic thing. The other thing that I thought of kind of coming off of Jaws would be like a rogue bear. Like one, one rogue bear, like, yeah, maybe there's tons of bears out in the forest, but one gets into civilization. Because the other thing to remember is that it's all taking place in Hawkins. Sure. You talk about their real estate, but they go to their house, they go to that facility, which right. we're told are just a couple of miles from each other. In a very small nexus of material, yeah, I could, I could see that there's not, you know, a heavy... I guess... So here's the other reason why I continue to kick back against it. Is you just like to be contrary. I do. I do. Um, there... I actually don't. It always frustrates me. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the... I think the presumption is usually made in horror. Or the presumption is usually made even in sci-fi that there's never just one Ant or there's never just one of of these things that uh, the, oddly enough we're really embracing of the fact that the situation that collided these two worlds together is anomalous there's only the one of sure. that but in that other in the upside down like you said it's a natural assumption to think there's a multitude of these right, things right, right. you know when it's like well uh, maybe in this world now. Here's here's where I will join in your criticism and say they don't explain these rules. Sure. They don't. Right, they right, they right. don't go into it. Maybe at the time that they were doing it, they didn't know them. Maybe. They, but, but here's the thing: is I think I read. I couldn't completely substantiate this, but I think I read somewhere that they wrote out like something like a 35 page document on this is the upside down. Right. These these are what's in it, how it works, all this other stuff. This is the upside down. So what we get in Stranger Things is like a, a one piece of the jigsaw puzzle sure, of that. Sure. And so and I'm okay with that. Like I'm all right. and and we start to see even in the trailer for season two, there's this big right, right, honking right. spider looking thing right. off in the distance that looks terrifying and enormous. That's Hydra. Yes, maybe. there you go. Yes, maybe. So um so we have you know allusions uh, to or allusions to the fact that that's that right, that other right, is right. out there i'm perfectly fine again with the barb thing it all go it all comes back to people who would criticize it for not being more i would say i understand that but i kind of to a degree applaud them for just telling the story they're telling and in the, and in this story they're telling sure it's about the disappearance of will byers and the demogorgon got him right so so you just you get that, and right. so sure. can we wink and nod, and, or and, you know. And I think that sort of, uh, I, to me,
1: a better sci-fi analogy than Jaws would be Alien. Hmm. In Alien, it makes sense. A thing has they, they landed on a place. It hijacks, you know, the the alien itself, and it measures itself, sure, and with the crew, right, right. Now okay. we're on the the what's the nostromo Nostromo, yeah, good like job, that. good yeah, job. I haven't watched that recently. Yeah, so see, that was good job, from memory. Um, just for you, um, <laughs> we are, the Nostromo is is sacred ground. It's common ground. It's understandable ground. Sure, like right that gets infiltrated. And in Stranger Things, Hawkins is a Nostromo. It is an yeah. understandable paradigm to yeah, us.
0: Yeah, it's a microcosm. Right.
1: Once and and we flirt with the upside down throughout season one. Sure. But in season eight, I mean, in episode eight is when we fully enter it. Yeah. And I think that is what just kind of again, this sounds like I'm really trying to crap on it. I'm not. I'm just trying to suggest something that annoyed me or bothered me or or could have been a bit more interesting. That we'll sure. put it that way. Yeah. Could yeah. have been a bit more interesting was, you know, have other threats that are that are even not not even that come after Joyce and Hopper. Sure. But that oh gosh. It's it's one thing to stumble over this burst egg that, that is just is it nostalgia illusion?
0: Right, is it actual right.
1: sort of world building? Right. It's right. another thing to have Joyce and Hopper turn a corner and either A, there's a gaggle of Demogorgons in the distance and oh my God, we can't yeah. go that way.
0: Or a gaggle of some other creature. Right, the, right. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. point I'm trying to make. It's yeah.
1: suddenly suddenly the stakes are raised while they're in the Upside Down. Sure, I see. And, and it, it enhances the, the tension. Sure. And it world builds. Because mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with the rogue bear analogy infiltrating Hawkins because right, that's right. our world well, I yeah. understand the rules of our world right and I understand that this thing has gone rogue and is pulling people back in because we let it we let sure, it in sure. through the portal anyway those the like I said it sounds like I'm drilling down hard on things I don't like I'm just putting those on the table um, I want you to be able to offer some. I do have two. I do big big broad likes, but
0: I want do you have anything specific? So my, the my the three things that I would say, and they'll probably I'm I'm gonna toss this out here. Maybe it'll connect specifically to what you like have. A a backpack, like a grenade in a backpack? Like a grenade in a backpack. Um okay, so my three things I love the tone, I love the character arcs, I love the emotional payoffs. So dislikes that I have are in the realm of such like small little nitpicks mm-hmm. that I'm that I'm not going to bring them up here because maybe when we drill down on some specific episode beats I'll be able to say something. But my overall sweeping likes are: I love the tone. I've already alluded to the you know the '80s nostalgia button, the arcs of the characters. Um, I'll just say in brief that I didn't like Steve and I didn't like Hopper, but the show makes me sure, by the sure, end sure. actually really kind of love them. Right. So so I love that there's arcs to those characters. Right. Um, and the emotional payoffs. You and I talked off pod about how, like, the first half feels kind of like you're setting something up. But by that second half, there's some undeniably effective emotional beats, sure. particularly in episodes seven and eight. Well, right. I wouldn't say my favorite episode of the series is six and we'll get to that when we get to it, but there's some emotional payoffs to all of that, that I think are really strong mm-hmm. that I think are rooted in world and character and right, you know, right. the, the connective dangling threads that you've been building towards. So my overall like is I just love the care and attention that was given to, to those specific elements.
1: Um, Uh, yes, I I totally agree with those two items and, and I'm, I'm going to throw out two kind of likes, broad likes, um, one sort of technical and one sort of, well, I guess both are a little technical. These could be packaged by episode, but I feel like I'll, I'll quit prefacing them. I love, love the conceit of the Christmas lights. Yeah. How it yeah. And, and, and the reason like that one you could highlight specific episodes, but I feel like it recurs enough to feel like, okay, this is a real touch point sure. of the season. Like it is so inventive and creative, and it's it's perfect imagery that is organically implemented and perfectly realized. Sure. Like it's not just, oh, you just wanted some sort of t shirt option for your merchandise you know it's like no this is really expertly employed and it and it comes back up multiple times in really organic fashion yeah um so i loved that um it's it's really something that you you gotta imagine creatively when they stumbled into that it's like oh yeah yeah that's very cool Sure, (laughs) sure oh yeah um and and something, again, this is one of those you could highlight a specific episode where this happens, but to me it speaks so strongly of the, the wisdom of the creative arc, and also when you set Stranger Things against a lot of its peers, I think the show does such an impressive job, I remember thinking this the first time, of making all the story tracks align organically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I talked about this previous to actual recording, but like... It, that doesn't mean I don't think there's not any fat
0: on on sure, the season, sure, especially in the first half.
1: Yeah, I think I think the diversion with the the father or the ex husband ultimately means nothing, kind of. Yeah, you know, I uh, things I like that, that, where you're like, ah, you you could have trimmed five or ten minutes from a couple of episodes to get rid of that. But in terms of, because think about the shows we've loved over the years, even, e- yeah, even the ones you've loved that you could look back and say. Yeah, but overall, there are some things you could cut to make it tighter, um, to make it work. Or what sticks out to me when I'm having this conversation is I think of um, um, Kim Bauer in 24. Oh, okay. Season one-ish or so, she worked, it worked, the things worked, the puzzle worked. The further that show got, the less the less that character mattered whatsoever.
0: Yeah. To where to, they ever battling a mountain lion. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And getting stuck in a bear trap. Yeah. And, and, dumb. and to the
0: point that that becomes
1: kind of like in happy days, jump the shark, that has become a sort of talking, a, a shorthand for sure. when you're getting it wrong. Yeah. You know, right, right, is, right. is bear trap and, 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 Bobcat in 24. Yeah. Um, whereas this season at least, and, and this is why I'm always so trepidatious of, of up material, but Season 1 of Stranger Things does a perfect job of of threading all of these arcs into one narrow focus to the point that even the actual, you know, in other words, season 7, ha- I mean episode 7 happens and everyone's converging. Right. Even when they spin off from that, it's all the same. Yes. It, it all is to a, to a single singular point. Sure. As opposed to, like it'd be one thing if they just all converge in episode 7 and that was it and then we kind of lose Steve or whatever, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, but, but it all kind of makes this nice little bow on the end. Right. Um, which leads me to another question for you. I don't know if you remember this. There was a lot of conversation around uh, season one of whether or not, and whether it was intended ultimately that, that the show be an anthology series. Oh, right. Yeah, right. I do remember and that. And this is where that conversation gets, precarious because st- season one of stranger things is not a perfect piece of media, but it is very strong.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree
1: to the point that you're like, Ooh, I you know. know, like it's, it'd be one thing if you still maintained kind of the upside down paradigm and just shifted characters to another, whatever. Right. Like that's kind of cool. I can go with you on that. And in fact, part of me wants you to do that.
0: Sure. Right. 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 But
1: this is where you get into this interesting world we're in right now in terms of IP and and production. Like those, the Kid Cast hit a chord pop culture wise. Yeah. The Upside Down hit a chord pop culture wise. I don't blame people for resisting that temptation. Sure. To shift. Right. But it's still a, a delicate balance now. Cause, right. Because because the you you almost lower the expectation if you shift it. Like, yeah, I, 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 agree. Don't, I don't. You know, like think of like a uh, True Detective. True it's Detective gonna, season one is oh, great. Go
0: I'm gonna ahead. I'm gonna Go interrupt ahead. you because uh, the uh, I was gonna make this joke. I was just waiting for a, like a stopping point, and this is gonna be real meta to fans of True Detective. I saw an article like a week or two after. It was announced that Netflix was going to renew Stranger Things for season two. And it said Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn cast in season two of Stranger Things. It My was God, ju- a joke. No, oh, it was a joke. Oh, 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 oh. It was a complete joke. That's no, funny. But it was alluding to, sure, you know, you have a phenomenon that is undeniable. And then it's going to go back, and it's like, well, good luck. Good luck holding up to the expectations. Good luck holding up. And, you know, uh, listeners of this episode will already know how they feel about Stranger Things Season 2. But, you know, for us in this pocket of time, uh, yeah, I I think that's absolutely valid where it's like, well, now you've made this huge beast. How are you going to follow up on on that level of – I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who has not seen the show. I mean, I, I I'm sure I know there are multitudes of people sure, out there sure, who don't sure. have streaming and don't watch Netflix and and don't order. In my circle of people, I don't know anyone. Right, I have not right, been able right. to locate anyone who has not watched the show. I've asked everyone. I've asked everyone. <laughs> I've asked everybody. Sawyer's seen it. I don't know how, but you know, like, um, but no. So so in general, uh, yeah, I, I do think there's a ton of pressure around uh, how are they going to capitalize on the success of season one and still make and season two has a ton of goodwill towards it, and it's got a lot to lose. Right. So if it right. doesn't right. if it doesn't hit certain beats correctly or in a, in a strong way, then, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, well see. Well,
1: and interestingly, doing my own sort of trivial bit hunting before recording, I just saw as part of the, the PR for Season 2, the Duffers have announced, or Netflix, uh, by way of them, have announced they're angling for four seasons. Yeah. And and Um,
0: four and done.
1: Yeah. That the, 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 what I just read alluded to the potential for a five, but that the four is kind of the perfect number for them right now in terms of what they're doing and where they're heading. And I think, I think if, if that's, if that's the approach, I'm okay with that. I just think whenever you have this explosive, you know, it's 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 not throwing a pebble into the lake; it's throwing a boulder into the pond. Like the level to which that hit pop culturally, sure. You know, into right, the zeitgeist. Right, right. Man, you've got a lot to live up to yep. for your own self. You know, it's almost like you want that. You you got to imagine. There's conversations were like, oh crap. But yeah. no let's just totally swish it please you know what I mean like, right. like it just totally lowers different. the expectations sure right anyway so that's sort of addressing some overall thoughts about um, season one of Stranger
0: Things that concludes chapter one of our extensive conversation about season one of Stranger Things tune in next week when we will do a deeper dive more specifically into each of the eight episodes and discuss the themes of the show that spoke specifically to us Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. To continue this conversation, you can follow us on Twitter at The Fear of God. You can visit us on Facebook to comment on one of our posts or post there yourself. You can follow Reed on Twitter at Read Lackey. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at TheNathanRouse. Visit morethanonelesson.com to leave a comment on this post or any of the other official episode posts. Email us, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com, all one word, fearofgodpodcast at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or review. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.